to us. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolph fans? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And on today's show, it is day 15. It sounds crazy to say that. Game day is up next. But first, we'll recap practice today with the takeaways. And in place of coaches' media on the pod, we're going to do a recap by position in terms of my favorite performance of each group so far from my amateur lens up in the bleachers, as well as a big-picture look at each group. I will give you some takeaways from Coach McDaniel's appearance on the Levitard Show, and we'll finish up with some great player media availabilities from Javon Holland, Durham Smythe, and Jason Sanders. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is... The Drive Time Podcast. So the notes are just a little bit more brief today than they typically are. And we do have plenty to get to. Let's go ahead and start here first with the first part of practice, which was indoors. We started off in the indoor facility and moved outside about a half hour later. I got a chance to watch the offensive line working up close and personal, and that was really cool to see. Because typically, from our vantage point, they're on the far side of the field. You can't get a good look at techniques and punches and footwork and stuff. So with them right below us on the balcony, I had a chance to just kind of peek down and and take it all in. And the first thing that stands out is the sound. (laughs) When they hit that punch, like you'll have, you know, the... One offensive lineman will go on the other side and play the defensive line role, and they'll hold one of those bags, and the offensive line fires their hands and shoots that initial punch. And I don't know if you guys saw the video. I'll retweet it on my timeline of the broadcaster at Miller Park for the Brewers sliding down their home run slide there and crashing into the wall, and he winds up <laughs> with a cast on his arm. One of the funniest like videos I've seen this year. There's four parts that got me, got me laughing out loud. But that's about the sound when he hits that wall that you get from these punches. And that's a given with anybody in this league, right? Big men throwing their big hands, it's going to make a big sound. But the part that really stood out to me and something I want to watch with this vantage point was the first step quickness. Because to a man, these guys' ability, guys' ability to cover so much ground out of that stance to hit that punch coming out of the stance so you get that full force. Like it's not step and then fire, it's step and fire with the same rhythm and same synergy so you get the full force of that hit. It was fun for a football dork like me to see that up close and personal and then also obviously watch the coaching points and see how techniques come together. I really, 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 really love to watch Matt Applebaum coach. He's a He'll get you fired up. I also love the way we, the view I should say we had, for quarterback receiver warm-ups. Because Tua's accuracy, which obviously is a point of topic today, which we'll get to here in a second, in that portion from that angle, like the all-22 behind the, the quarterback angle, we had a chance to watch that today, and it's a treat to see his accuracy from that vantage point because guys come out of their breaks and they put their, you know, their hands form a triangle to catch the football right on that upfield shoulder and the ball splits the triangle between their hands and takes them right into the run after the catch. It was clockwork. Every, every single throw was like that. So then we go outside, and Javon Holland's in the orange jersey, which, by the way, Kings of Leon, Sex on Fire today, I applauded that. Stood up and applauded that song because it was the first song where I'm like, this is on my playlist. I've heard this song a thousand times. 
first one I think of the entire camp, <laughs> but, but I digress. Uh, he's in the orange jersey after a stellar Wednesday showing, and as we're coming out, Tua drops this dime to Trent Sherfield for what looked like a 60-70 yard touchdown over Xavier Howard and Javon Holland. Not too bad, not too bad at all. I thought his best throw of the day was a dime that just dropped down the elevator shaft on a throw up the sideline to Tyreek over the top of Nick Needham underneath Javon Holland up top. And what I loved the most besides the location of this throw, which again, like you're on the 18th floor, hit the lobby and just watch this thing fall right into the hands of Tyreek Hill down there. His hands stayed quiet until the football was there. And that is what a lot of times DBs who are playing the man they're going to track and read the player because once his eyes get big or once the, the hands go up, they know it's time to put your hand between their hands and separate those hands, and then you might get a hand from your coach for making a good play. That was just me being stupid. But any potential tell that Tyreek gives you know, will tip Nick on that play, but he kept the hands quiet, just kind of opened up the breadbasket last second, tracked that thing, and then from there, you saw the video, he tapped the toes inbounds. It's... I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a skill set that's not elite of Tyreek's. The nuance, the route running, the quiet hands, tracking the football, the speed, obviously, the preparation, the work ethic. There's a reason why Coach McDaniel on Lebetard, when he found out the possibility of a Tyreek Hill trade was in the works, said, give them whatever they want. And then Chris Greer <laughs> managed to give them a fair price. So uh, really good stuff. We'll get to that here in a second. But finally, Tua's work against rush packages was very, very good today. Four straight plays, four blitzes, and each time the ball replaced the extra rusher. Catch, rock, throw, boom, replace the blitz with the football. You love to see that. It's a big, big step for him if he can do that consistently this year. He did throw a pick to Javon Holland, but I'll explain to you why that's kind of just becoming the norm here with regards to Javon making plays. In fact, Durham Smythe will do that for us at the end of the podcast. Uh, Trent Sherfield had the big play. Tyreek was Tyreek. River Craycraft made a ridiculous catch, elevating, spinning, high-pointing, and landing in stride to go upfield for the fight, fight, fight for Washington State touchdown. Braylon Sanders has a strong camp going, and that continued today. He caught an absolute dime from Teddy Bridgewater when he stacked DB, tracked that thing over his shoulder, and hauled in that perfect pass despite really good coverage. Didn't see a number on the cornerback, but that was Braylon Sanders' game in college, man. Tracking deep balls, getting vertical, averaged like over 20 yards per catch there from Matt Corral under Lane Kiffin there at Ole Miss. Uh, Durham Smythe made some plays today. He just found soft spots, showed the quarterback his numbers, caught the football, got out of there. You know, a typical... Typical Dorvis my type of day where you just put the dirty work in and kind of goes unnoticed, but I did. I noticed it today. Then on the offensive line, I, I really like Kellen Deesh's work today. Sweet feet, man. Typewriter feet. The ability to go back and forth. That was terrible. Might cut that out. Might not. Probably won't. But uh, to stay active and to keep your feet going, to change directions when the rusher, you know, goes inside, then back outside, doesn't get over his skis, stays on balance because the feet stay under the knees, knees stay under the hips, hips under the shoulders. It's peewee football stuff, right? Been impressed by what I've seen there from Kellen Deesh. On defense, I mean, Christian Wilkins, every single day, quickness, shoots in, makes plays in the backfield. I saw Zach Sealer beat a couple of dudes with a swim move. His strength is, is ridiculously devastating. Speaking of strength, Raekwon Davis had a very nice pressure early in practice where he ran through his man en route to the quarterback. And speaking of ragdoll reps, Jalen Phillips had a pass rush rep today where he stabbed that left foot going upfield on the right tackle, put his foot in the ground, took that right arm to the inside shoulder of the tackle, and just chucked him to the side, threw the man out of the club. 
his power and strength pair with the athletic ability, lateral agility. Oh, man, I can't wait to watch him play on Sundays. Calvin Munson made a diving pick on a deflected Skylar Thompson pass, did not see the receiver, but Munson's teammates swarmed him on that. Kind of tells you a little bit about how they feel about that guy. In fact, the defense, you know, speaking of closing out games, like we has been a theme this whole week, they got picks on all three two-minute drive drill, two-minute drill drives, drive drills, gold jacket, green jacket. Uh, Calvin Munson got the one. Clayton Fedulum got one off Teddy, and then Javon had the one off Tua. The Munson was uh, pick was off Thompson, like I mentioned. DeAndre Johnson, the UDFA from the U. You. Uh, he continues to flash. I had him with a sack today. I also saw Channing Tindall. We talked about this earlier. Cedric Wilson lines up in the three, which is you know, your furthest receiver out's your one, next inside's two, next inside's three, and so on and so forth. I saw Channing Tindall a couple weeks ago carry Cedric Wilson as the three up the seam 40-yard step for step. Saw him do it today to Mike Gasicki. That is unreal speed for that position, but you guys know that by now. And then finally, the safeties. Javon Freegan Holland. He is just... I'm going to actually just not talk about this because we heard from Javon and Durham after practice, and I think Durham Smythe's words really do more than I ever could to describe what makes him stand out at that position here and on this defense and, frankly, for my money, one of the best safeties in the, in the NFL already. We'll save that, but before our first break here, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, go check out the Dan Lebetard Show with Stu Gotts, the local hour for the Mike McDaniel sit down. It's about 40 minutes with coach talking about leadership, about the fan base, about the quarterback, about the Tyreek Hill acquisition like we talked about, and a couple of notes on top of the great Tyreek Hill anecdote. Uh, He talked about leadership and how to him there's two pillars to leadership, service and sacrifice. That kind of struck a chord with me because sacrifice, you know, it's like I I used to work in a managerial role at a car dealership. And my job was to get all the used vehicles turned around from trade-in to on sale for the lot. And that required a lot of detailing of cars and, you know, washing cars. And I always took the mindset, I'm not going to ask somebody to do something that I wouldn't do myself. And so sometimes I had to go out there and wash a car, like in my, you know, in my suit or my, my, well, (laughs) suit. It's basically, you know, Del Dobeck, go to your dad's closet and get your clothes out, like oversized shirt with you know, $15 slacks from Macy's and a pair of Rockport like slippers for $12 was <laughs> exactly balling. But I'm not going to ask somebody to do something I won't do. And so that really struck a chord with me. And I talk all the time about how coach really seems to, you know, think of everything. And he talked about putting more emphasis on sleep in this new role because he has to be more front facing in terms of his interactions with people in the organization with this position opposed to when he was just a guy that would you know grind tape or put together a game plan or figure out vulnerabilities in a defense in a back office somewhere. So he's more cognizant of the fact that he can't burn at both ends because he has to be present for those conversations. I just love that. Then obviously, you love the stuff about Tua. I love what he said about his recognition of this rabid fan base. Yeah, man, like thirsty. That's a great word for it, coach. I couldn't agree more. And finally, I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but the Tyreek Hill trade explanation, just so, so very good. Go check it out. It's the Dan Lebatard Show with Stu Gotts, local hour, Mike McDaniel. And also, not to toot the horn here, but toot toot, baby. Lebatard gave me that follow back today. Let's go, baby. I'm fired up about that. All right, let's take our first break and come back. We're going to do the... uh, snapshot the macro view of each position group 15 days through camp and my favorite performance from each player so far through camp that's next drive time podcast brought to you by auto nation i forgot to tell you your host that's me travis wingfield 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you guys able to hear that rain hitting us right now? Maybe you can, maybe you can't, but it is coming down right here in South Florida in Miami Gardens. We are about 48 hours away from kickoff against the Raiders. I'm pretty pumped up for that one. Just looking forward to getting back in the stadium, getting back to watching this team do their thing, and we'll see who we get a chance to look at, but either way, it's Dolphins football, so I can't wait. Let's go through this real quick, position by position, my favorite performance in camp, and then a macro view at each spot. Quarterback, can you guess who it might be? Old Tringfield's going to give you two a tongue of Iloa here. The big plays have been so consistent. The blitz beaters really show me growth in the processing and the decision-making and the understanding of the fronts and the coverage and the defense you see. The work he had in Tampa Bay was phenomenal. You know, those four-syllable words from Jim Rome. Arugula. Hitting those intermediate-level throws with such consistency has been something I talked about is... You know, they're really good in the short game. They're efficient, although not many examples in the long game. If they can get consistency in the intermediate game, we're going to be cooking this year. We've seen that all throughout camp. And with the quarterback macro position, I just like the fact that I think Tua is going to be one of the, you know, he's going to be a really good starter in this league. I think that Teddy Bridgewater is an ideal backup. And I think Skylar Thompson has the tools to develop into not just, a, you know, an immediate backup within a year or two, you know, maybe something more down the line. I think that the whole quarterback room has a little bit of everything. And I think that they were very fortunate to get Skylar Thompson in that seventh round because he he has the goods beyond what you expect from a player drafted in the seventh round. At running back, it's Chase Edmonds. These shouldn't be a surprise if you're a daily listener because I've talked about these guys at length, you know, step by step here. But Chase Edmonds, the studious nature of his game and just get, getting better every day at camp on his tracks, on his press and cutback and, you know, those little slivers of creases that he finds and exploits for big gains. Been so impressed by him. And the running back position as a macro view, just the big playability, the passing game contributions, the speed to the edge, and that speed to help contain, or I should say, sustain, you know, eye contact from the second level of the defense to create some of those opportunities in the passing game. I think it's a really good mix with what we have at that receiver position. Speaking of that position, Tyreek Hill, it's, it's, you can't say anyone besides him. The way he gets in and out of breaks, the explosive nature. You know, I talked about it on the podcast either yesterday or Tuesday, how he'll make that first move off the top of the stem. And then like within that first step, he has his second move coming I just don't know how you cover it. I mean, the Dolphins have had a hard time with it. The Bucks couldn't, could not handle it. The Chiefs for six years, you know, opponents couldn't handle it with him there either. So I don't, I just don't think you can. I just, I don't think you can. That's why McDaniel said on the Levitard show, he's one of the few non-quarterbacks you give up whatever it takes to go get that ripple effect he's going to have on the receiver position and this football team. It's, it's already tangible. It's already noticeable. 
and I, I'm so happy we got that guy on this football team, but also the tireless approach to run rep after rep and just being the presence that he is out there. It's, it's going to make everybody around him better. And that's kind of your macro view at the receivers room. You have your vertical stretch, your horizontal stretch. You have a guy that can run, you know, take off from that slot position with Cedric Wilson to exploit matchups. When you do get the faster guys on the outside against Tyreek and Jalen, you have the, the rookie and Eric Ezukamo who can make some contested catches, run after the catch as well. Braylon Sanders showing you some goods that he has some tools to develop and, and invest in him for the future. Not to mention Trent Sherfield's special teams blocking and just kind of overall aspect of his game. I think this position group was remade entirely, and that starts at the coaching position with Wes Welker. And I think we're going to see the biggest turnaround from that group from what we saw last year of any group on this team in the best way possible. At tight end, Tanner Connor gets the nod here. I really want to stress this is about because he was the one guy I knew nothing about coming into the season. And he's popped like big time speed, smooth hands, the transition from receiver to, to runner after the catch, all that stuff stands out. And the tight end position, I'm going to save this for the next segment because Durham Smythe talks about it, but just transitioning from kind of unlearning certain things like Coach McDaniel talked about to learning this new system at that position. We'll get to that here in just a second. On the offensive line, Austin Jackson's my pick here. How fast he looks, how he's trimmed up, how he's keeping those feet active, how he's transferring weight to handle rushers, redirecting and staying light on the toes of his feet, not getting caught backwards, not getting caught out over his skis, not getting thrown to the ground. Just looks in control, stable, strong, confident, I think all that has turned into a player that's playing really well right now uh, so far. This training camp, the macro view of that group is just the two veteran acquisitions to put two guys in there that you know you're going to get a certain baseline level with, but also take it beyond that. Because I always go back to the Daniel Jeremiah thing. Like, you just can't have tomato cans, guys that you cannot, you know, rely upon in that position because the offensive line, like, there really aren't any offensive lines in the NFL that have five, like, surefire. This, these guys are all going to be exemplary first-team all-pros, right? Like, you, it's just a position that has kind of been depleted depth-wise over the last decade or so because the nature of, you know, guys going to the defensive side of the football with, you know, the five-star talents that go over there to rush the passer and the unglamorous nature of the offensive line and the way the, the league is going nowadays, there's just been a, a shift towards the defensive side. So if you can manage to get a certain floor with your offensive line, you're going to be in good shape. And I think the Dolphins have that where everyone on that line is is competent enough to be able to, you know, give you what I'm just what I just talked about there. That's my big macro view on the offensive line. On the defensive line, Christian Wilkins is the pick. The energy, retracing screens, busting his butt, playing out here every single day. I don't think he's had a load management day, which speaks to his conditioning and, and the fact that he just can come out here and do it all the time. The way he shoots up field and blows up a run with a one gap, stacks up a double team and a two gap, the pass rush, the run game, the way he has fun during indies where he lays on top of the bag and gives it some extra love, we'll call it. Just an absolute treat to watch. My macro view there from that defensive line, and that includes, you know, Ogba and guys off the edge, is just how deep it is and how you can really rotate guys that can win one-on-one matchups across the board. It's It might be the most impressive group here, especially when you factor in the linebacker position with Edge, with Phillips, Van Ginkle, Ingram, Ogba, all those guys. At linebacker, it's Jalen Phillips, the, the specimen nature of his game, the physical skill set of athletic ability, strength, bend, to go forward or backwards. Some of the pass rush wins he, he has in camp are some of the most impressive I've ever seen. And from that linebacker group, it's the 
you know, Jerome, Jerome Baker frees you up to do so much from your, your sub packages because he can just kind of stay in there and be a force against the run, the, the pass and, and rush and coverage, all that stuff. But beyond that, the way you have like certain role guys, like we know what Landon Roberts does well. We know what Duke Riley does well. Sam Egwavon with the speed, the burst, the, the blitzing ability. You add Channing Tindall to that group. It's another one of these guys that has, you know, sub package prowess. That's the big macro takeaway there. At cornerback, I mean, it's easy to go Xavier here, but I'm going to go ahead and take Keon Crossan. Uh, the effort he has every day, the energy he brings, the speed, the way he attacks runs, end arounds, reverses, screens, all the stuff that it's not supposed to be fun for cornerbacks like Deion Sanders, the greatest of all time, right? He'll, he'll straight up tell you, like, I don't get paid to tackle, bro. I'm a cover guy. That's not how Keon plays at all. He goes and gets it. I've just been so impressed by him. The macro view here is the, the way that this cornerback room with – Obviously, X, Byron, Nick, and then the depth you have behind that, which losing Trill really sucks, man. He was having such a good camp. But with the possibility of Noah or Mackenzie Alexander or Keon himself, those, those guys, the ability to play that physical reroute, you know, press type of, of style is only going to maximize the strengths of the rest of this defense up front, but also in the safety position where we start here with Javon Holland as the favorite uh, camp performance so far, you know, it's chalk to take him, but his instincts and the ability to cover so much space and to go back to that previous point, pair that with what we have in those two cornerbacks and on the outside and Nick inside, those guys' ability to reroute with Javon's ball hawking back there. I mean, the quarterback is going to feel pressure to make urgent decisions and with how Javon can kind of get somewhere mentally before the play happens and then has the physical skills to, to finish it off and get to a spot, I think it's a combination that's going to make for a, a very, very big year for number eight. And that's kind of my macro takeaway there. Plus, you have three guys with him, Brandon Jones, and Eric Rowe that gives you a lot of flexibility in your big nickel packages. And that's, that's a big part of uh, you know how this defense can excel, the, the multiplicity. Finally, the specialist, Jason Sanders, is my pick here. Just consistently hits kicks. The approach is so consistent. He talked about it a little bit today. We'll play some of that audio here in just one second. The macro view is I think the Dolphins have a really good battery with their snapper, their holder, their punter, their kicker. It all looks very good. There you have it. Let's go ahead and come back on the other side and get to the media availabilities. We had six guys available today. I have four players I want to play clips from. That's next on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I know you guys can hear that rain. Maybe you can't. Do you hear the thunder and lightning at least? It's pounding down on the Baptist Health Studios here inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. Let's go ahead and play some media availabilities from the players today. Again, Mackenzie Alexander and uh, Sony Michelle did not get a chance to get that audio, but we do have Durham Smythe, Christian Wilkins, Javon Holland, and Jason Sanders. Why don't we go ahead and start here with... Let's go with Javon Holland because... What a camp he's having so far. And I asked him about, you know, on the pick, as he comes from depth, what he saw on that play 
to help him take him to the football. Cause I want to like, I want to hear him explain his instincts because it's so intangible from a fan's perspective. Here's Javon talking about his pick today and how he's able to use this defense to make the most out of his role on this defense. Well, you know, uh, coach Boyer, you know, he, he, he makes the calls based on the situation. Uh, he does a great job, you know, aligning us in the right position uh, to let us go out there and have fun. Definitely. Javon, where are you a better player than you even were last year? And what parts of your game are you better than? Uh, my whole game, my entire game. I think I've improved in every category uh, because I continue to plan on improving um, because I don't think I've hit my ceiling yet. And um, as a competitor, as a, you know, a high-level competitor, uh, I hold myself to a high standard. So every day I'm trying to get 1% better than I was yesterday. Well, I don't think he's having any issues getting 1% better every single day. Up next, he was asked about some of the safeties he grew up watching to study their game, who he tries to model his game after. The answer, top five rappers alive, Dylon, 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 and Dylon. In my life, okay, um, Bob Sanders, Troy Palomalu, Ed Reed, Mika Fitzpatrick, um, Micah, Hyde, Jordan Poirier, Derwin James, um, Kevin Byron, Buda Baker, um, yeah, Tyron Matthew, there's a lot. So then he was asked to specify a couple of guys off that list that he liked to watch the most on tape. Here you go. Um, Tyron Matthew, when he was at LSU, watched his tape every day before, uh, every, every, every Friday before my college games. And then right before I went to bed, me and my roommate, um, Jamal Hill, he's at uh, Oregon. We watched Mika Fitzpatrick uh, last year in college every day. Yeah, that's really fascinating stuff there. So I was curious to ask him because when he said Minka Fitzpatrick, I started thinking about that star role in the Nick Saban defense, that slot position where you play some some safety and you roll down into the box and, and fit the run as well. Uh, I was just curious to hear him to ask him about playing slot at Oregon, which was his kind of primary responsibility at the Ducks his last year there, and how he's able to be versatile because of that role, but also watching tape of guys like Tyron and Minka here is Javon Holland. Well, it puts me in a dynamic where if I have to step down into the box or if I have to do anything close to the line, I already have some type of history with that. And college and NFL are completely different. Um, but it kind of gives me a little bit of you know, a comfortable feeling knowing that I've been down there before and I've, I've seen pulling guards come at me and, and tight ends like that. So uh, just a little bit of ease on my body. Two questions here for Durham Smythe that I absolutely love the answers on. First, he talks about Javon Holland and the instincts and how it allows him to make plays in certain positions that he really shouldn't be able to get to based upon his role within that defensive call and it reminds me of some of the great safeties in terms of like there was a great breakdown where Bill Belichick's talking about uh, Ed Reed picking off a Peyton Manning pass and how he baits him into this one look and then peels out the other way and goes and makes a pick and Peyton's like he wasn't supposed to be there what the hell where'd he come from here's Durham Smythe talking about Javon Holland already here in year two with the instincts to go ahead and stay within the defense but also make plays outside that structure that's when you get really big-time plays and special plays from a guy like Javon Holland. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nothing that you guys don't know, but he's just so instinctual, you know. Like, he's obviously a great athlete, um, but it, the instincts really just put, put him apart. He, he makes plays, you know, that he really shouldn't be making um, uh, in terms of what his job is in, in the defense on certain plays. Um, but when you have a guy like that that kind of expects uh, or really knows what's coming and can read things so, so quickly, um, he's a guy that can make a play on the opposite side of the field when he's not supposed to be there. So I think that's tough, uh, you know, as an offense, really, because when you don't expect a guy, when, when you read it one high and he's playing, you know, the deep third on the opposite side and he makes a play in the middle of the field, it's like, what, what am I supposed to do there? So um, I think it's just those instincts. And, and obviously he was talented last year and, and, and proficient last year. But, wow, I mean, he's come a long way. And this, this camp has, has really shown that. I, I, you know, I talk about, like, Tua and Waddle and Tyreek, but Javon, 
Javon has me as excited as anybody. Let's go ahead and hear next from Durham Smythe here about the shift that Coach talked about in his presser about the tight end position and kind of relearning, uh, you know, certain ski or relearning the position to fit the scheme that we have here. Here's Durham Smythe talking about that from his perspective at that tight end position. Yeah, um, it's been good. Um, he's right. You know, schematically, really these last four years um, here in Miami, we, we've done very different things um, in terms of what we're asked to do from a technique standpoint at the tight end position um, in terms of this year. And that's kind of really what we had to do when we got here. Really, at the beginning of OTAs, we had to kind of wipe the board clean, really buy into you know the techniques that they're teaching now and preaching. And um, I think we've all come a long way. Um, it's starting to feel very natural now. Um, and I think that's um, a testament to you know going at it every day for however long we've been at it now. Um, but you know when things start to feel natural, that's when you can start to read the defense better. And not your your technique is almost second nature. You don't have to think. You know I'm doing this step here. I'm doing that step there. It's like I know what I'm doing now. I can read what they're doing. Let's go next to Christian Wilkins here, who talks about. You know we talk about the Tyreek impact and the energy and the way he works and the way it's infectious for the rest of the guys across the roster. How about Christian Wilkins and the energy that he translates, not just from himself as a conduit, what I'm looking for here, across the rest of the roster. Here is Christian talking about coming into a week that it was just hot and miserable, and you know it's a, a natural week to be like, ah, we got a game coming up, just kind of coast through. Here's Christian talking about taking a different mindset and trying to help the rest of the roster have that same mindset. Not to say they don't have that, but just being a guy that really understands that and attacks it with the vigor Here's Christian Wilkins. Yeah. No, it's all, you know, a lot of that is definitely calculated. Um, I just felt like a day, you know, we're day whatever, training camp. We've been going at it, you know. Um, I don't want, you know, as being in the position I'm in, I, you got to kind of recognize when there's a day or there's a time where guys could kind of get a little, you know, just human nature, you know. You're, you've you been going at it hard, just practicing against each other, whatever, and training camp, you're kind of like, oh, dang, let's just get to the game, whatever. But it's like, nah, you got to find a way to get yourself going so that everyone else can get going too. Um, so it's all it's all definitely uh, calculated and everything like that and just to bring a little bit more juice, energy, whatever, to practice. Calculated from previous days or that day you felt something that made you kind of want to do um, you just, I just, you know, um, well, just personally, you know, um, I definitely just thought like, you know, I've been having a good camp, but I could definitely be better and bring it more. And like, I just haven't been being that part of myself. And so I was just like, you know, just you just kind of feel it. You know, it's a hot day, the hottest it's been at training camp. You're like, no, nah, I won't let that creep in for a minute. Let me just bring some. Let me just find a way to bring something extra, so that way everybody can feed off the energy and you know, kind of raise the level of play of the guys around me. Uh, you know, on our side, you know, Erod brings it every day. Love what he brings to the team. Love his leadership, Javon. Uh, he's obviously a heck of a player, but he has some great leadership skills. There's a lot of guys on our defense uh, who bring that, and um, you know, there's a lot of guys on our offense who don't back down from that. They accept that, they welcome that, they embrace it, and so then that's what brings the level of practice up. Uh, they got a lot of guys everywhere. You know, guys, guys all on the O line who you know don't back down, and you know, and when I get going, they want to shut me up, so they they make sure they're on their stuff. So, uh, you know, that's kind of just the. You know, just the camaraderie we have, but it's all love, it's all respect, and it's just competitive nature. And how about the guy that coaches him up to play that way, Coach Austin Clark? I've explained to you guys here on the podcast how he's one of my favorite guys to watch out there, even though he's a coach, not a player. So I wanted to ask Christian about that. Here you go, Christian Wilkins on Austin Clark. No, I, I love Coach Clark. He's a heck of a coach. I um, mean, he brings it every day, and he holds us to a high standard. Um, you know, he's been doing that since day one. He's been here. He just holds us to the highest of standards. He he, t like, he knows how great we can be, and he's going to 
push us to be that great each and every day. It doesn't matter how hot it is, how many plays we work, um, none of that. He just wants us to be our best each and every play. Um, and he's such a, such a good co coach te teaching technique. Um, so my technique's got a lot better. A lot of other guys on the defense, the line's technique got a lot better. And, um, you know, he just brings that juice with good, bad, or indifferent. Finishing up here with Jason Sanders, I actually don't have the audio, but I can just go ahead and read it for you guys. I asked him about what he's picked up from punter Thomas Morstead and the experience that he has and the seasoning that that, you know, the, the value of that seasoning he has in the league. Jason said he's very similar to me. He's very analytical. We like talking kicking. Having an older guy like that, it takes me back to John Denny. John Denny was great here. I love having those guys around because they're so smart and they know exactly what they want to do. Good stuff there from everybody. Good practice. Fun podcast today talking about the Levitard show, giving you the macro view at each position group. A lot of fun here. That's going to be my time on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. We are in the top 200 all training camp long on Chartable. We appreciate the heck out of that. It means so much to us to get those that recognition and of course my bosses like it too so keep on downloading listening and spreading the word to your friends we really appreciate that give me a follow on twitter at wingfield nfl follow the team at miami dolphins check out the fish tank podcast with seth and juice and our wednesday night twitter spaces show we also have the post game show on 560 wqam and 99 kiss country down here in south florida on the odyssey app for you non-local listeners every single game when it goes final we are on the air talking about that game you don't want to miss that. Check out the YouTube channel for all the media availabilities, drive time and fish tank content, and of course, Dolphins Today. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com, my written notebook for day 15. All 15 days really is up there. Until next time, fins up, Caroline, Daddy is coming home.